I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David. This is your new episode of Baselayer. One I am really excited about. I have Sebastian the co-founder and COO of The Sandbox with me today. Sebastian, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So, so The Sandbox is a project and a area that I've been spending a lot of time understanding. Uh, it is in the world of what we call decentralized gaming or blockchain-based gaming. And it is an incredibly exciting ecosystem that has emerged over the last few years uh, with a lot of hard work to get it to the point where it is today. So we're going to talk about everything that is involved with Sandbox. We're going to talk about how the Sandbox has relation to things that you may already kind of know from the world of gaming, things like Roblox, things like Minecraft, and how those have become legacy uh, institutions in the gaming world, and how the Sandbox is going to the next era, the next phase of gaming in blockchain. So we're going to talk all about that. But before we get too far into the Sandbox and into a lot of what's happening in blockchain-based gaming... We always like to talk to our founder, Sebastian, about what they did before. So we'd love to hear kind of what you did before the Sandbox, how you got inspired to be obviously a founder and builder here. And then obviously we'll talk more about the Sandbox and all the things that are happening in this world. Exciting. So should I get started with my story then? Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, my name is Sébastien Borger. I'm the CEO for a Sandbox now, uh, but I've been an uh, entrepreneur for 14 years together with my business partner, Archeo Madrid. Together, we co-founded four companies, uh, always in the space of technologies. Uh, first company was into peer-to-peer uh, using BitTorrent technology to help uh, video-on-demand, catch-up TV website to save on their bandwidth calls. Second company, uh, after this one got acquired by a CDN network, the second company was more around like user-generated content, uh, like users could upload their photo, video, and music in the cloud and stream them from anywhere. And well, surprise, I've spent the last 10 years into gaming. So in 2011, we co-founded our first uh, mobile game studio, uh, free to play, where with this idea uh, that we wanted to turn players into creators. And we did that by allowing them to create games, create on one side city builder games where they can make their own town uh, featuring characters from various IPs and brands. Uh, Adam's Family, Peanuts, Garfield, just to name a few. And on the other side, by launching uh, the Sandbox, the first version of it on mobile by, back in 2012, uh, which was a simple 2D game where you could, just by the touch of a finger, drop all sorts of elements, water, soil, mud, and then progressively adding more content like characters, enemies, etc., and share those creations to an online gallery where other players can put and try your content, try your creation, your games, and have fun with it. And it, it grew into a large success. We had more than 40 million installs back then, 70 million uh, 
player made creation to the gallery. And uh, ultimately, it led uh, to uh, our studio acquisition in 2018 by Animoca Brands, another bigger uh, game company out of Hong Kong that uh, is now um, a, a unicorn and uh, very involved in blockchain gaming space. And uh, that came at a time where we were also wondering, you know, like all the success of Sandbox on mobile came from user-generated content. And yet, at the same time, like we had no way to reward all those creators, all those uh, users who spend a lot of time and energy and talent to build the content that ultimately generated revenue for us. So in a way, we felt it was already unfair. And um, we'll, we'll get to talk about it, about Roblox and other platform, I'm sure. Um, we were looking for ways to reward them, even get them to be paid for the content they created. And we were limited by the, the possibilities of the different platforms back then. So when we saw at the end of 2017, uh, first uh, CryptoKitties, CryptoPunks, so the NFTs appear, we immediately saw the potential behind not just to launch uh, copycats or other variants of um, CryptoKitties, but more to use the technology, the underlying technology, NFTs, combine it with user-generated content, and then enable, again, with this vision, turning players to creators, just enable anyone to make their own NFTs and be able to earn revenue from the content they create by selling it on marketplace, allowing users to trade it, and having utility in a game maker. And that's how was born. Uh, that's how we got really involved into blockchain gaming, and was born the IT this new version of Sandbox. This time, 3D multiplayer, multi-platform, and using NFT from the core at its inception to enable players and creators to monetize their gaming assets and game experiences through blockchain. And so what you just unpacked there is incredibly important. And I want people to listen to this and take notice of this is that there is a tsunami about to happen, in my opinion, that you are about to see the entire ecosystem of gamers. And Sebastian, you know this well than anybody. There are 3 billion gamers around the world. And this is something I've talked about on the show before. 3 billion gamers around the world and for years and gaming has been around for 40 plus years. Pong was, I think around since 1974, 1975, give or take somewhere in there for 50 some odd years. Gaming has been a part of our society from a global scale. And now we have about 35 to 40% of the world's population that are active gamers, either on mobile or on PC devices out there. And they spend hundreds and hours playing these games, putting what we call sweat equity into these games, practicing, doing Twitch streams, doing YouTube streams, getting that attention. You have users out there like Ninja and others out there that have 16, 17, 20 million people watching them play Fortnite or other games out there. This is a massive, massive narrative. And what Sebastian alluded to, which I want you to talk more about, is that in blockchain-based gaming, you have something that we are defining as play to earn. Whereas those gamers in the history of gaming have not been able to actually own the assets they use, they win. So if a gamer is playing one of these games like a Fortnite or Call of Duty, some of the ones out there that have hundreds of millions of players out there, 
they do not own those assets. They don't own the skins. They don't own the swords. They don't own the emotes and all the other different pieces that come with the game. And so they can spend hundreds of hours defining themselves, getting more experience, getting more points and rewards, but they don't own that. And so what Sebastian is alluding to, as I said again, is a massive seismic change that I think is going to shape digital assets for the next 5, 10, 15 years is this notion of play to earn. Now talk about that a little bit more. So you have characters now in the sandbox that are NFTs. And so if you're going through those games, talk to us about the gameplay. The the player themselves, you know, has ownership of them. And if they, you know, as I said again, elevate or if they earn new pieces or swords or they win points, et cetera, et cetera. Talk to us about this play to earn narrative. How does it actually work? And what can users and what can gamers do in these worlds, as I alluded to, that they cannot do in legacy games? Yes, you're absolutely right here, David. So the true ownership of your game, of your digital asset, and more specifically your game items, I think is a massive disruption in the video game industry. Like we've been living for 25 years, just like actually purchasing with real money items that we didn't really own. We couldn't transfer to other users. We couldn't sell on it. And even like the centralized development studios, companies that operate those games were actually banning the players who were trying to sell accounts where uh, there was actually a gray market or black market, meaning that there was demand from users to actually be able to sell content to other users. We are taking a very opposite approach by being open and embracing the idea that users can own their digital asset, their digital identity for avatar and their digital currency being their own bank and trade it on other marketplaces, transfer it to users, sell it if they want to earn a revenue on our marketplace on or on any other marketplace. That's monumental. And we think like once you have understood the concept of truly owning your game asset, your NFTs, and then um, you cannot go back to the traditional free-to-play model and other model. What NFTs and true ownership has enabled beyond, like now that we accept that uh, those digital assets on the blockchain can hold value, is a development of a whole digital economy based on those uh, digital assets. Meaning like there are services, there are activities that can be derived from those NFT and allow users, allow either creators or players to turn uh, those content into a revenue stream. Let's be more specific here with Sandbox. Sandbox, which this new version of Sandbox, which I didn't really uh, fully introduce, it's a decentralized virtual world where users can own a piece of the metaverse, a digital land that they use to publish their experience, monetize their game. They also own, they can own their character, as you mentioned. They can own their equipment, their wearable for the avatar, and other entities that will populate those worlds. Those worlds, and when we're going to open that metaverse, we need people to build it, essentially. Like, it's a whole new space, but if it's just empty, it's going to be very boring. So we want to create fun, engaging experience built 99% by users through user-generated content, enabling them through uh, the different creation tools to make fun, engaging experience. And that using VoxEdit on one side, our 3D editor, using our game maker on another side, that requires no programming knowledge to start creating content. Building content for the metaverse 
and making it available as NFTs, which means they can be traded on marketplace, is already opening a lot of revenue stream for creator and pushing for the true creator economy where, well, the creators keep 95% of the revenue from the content they sell on the marketplace and they still earn also royalties when this it, those content keep being exchanged between two users and potentially appreciate in value over time through their digital scarcity. That's uh, really uh, strong and we are seeing that phenomenon if we look at uh, OpenSea, for example, OpenSea, which recently raised $100 million led by uh, round led by A16. If I'm correct, uh, um, they have a uh, massive amount of trading coming, uh, of trading volume coming from those NFTs. That's right. Which shows like the, the big demand behind. And they are becoming the Amazon of those digital game item, art, and more that can be used into multiple games, uh, also help to discover games, etc. There's other way to earn revenue stream. You can do that as a creator, like creating the game, creating the content, even designing fashion for virtual avatars, like uh, virtual fashion NFT is a strong thing. It's just a real market behind. Uh, we're also seeing now earning a revenue as a player. Let me explain. You spend time, you spend, I don't know, one hour a day, two hours a day to explore a virtual world, to play games, to complete quests, to get, to kill all those enemies and get victories. You earn items. Before those items, they were just virtual items that you could not, uh, they, you didn't really own as we explained. They were, uh, you could not take them to your wallet and potentially sell them on the marketplace. But now they are. So you truly own the content you win and you can sell it on the marketplace. So if, for example, after one hour of gameplay, you get a, a gold sword and that's where you can sell it for $100 as an NFT on the marketplace, you just earn $100 an hour, basically. Going further into that idea, there's a possibility for you to optimize the time you're going to spend, to increase your earning, farm resource, sell them, etc. All of that, be participating to the economy of uh, this virtual world. And there's a great array of uh, blockchain-based game that users can choose from now to participate into this play to earn. One of them is uh, called Axie Infinity, where you buy free creator, Pokemon-like creator, you battle them, you earn a resource called SLP, which is a cryptocurrency uh, a token that can be exchanged on uh, between user on decentralized exchange or centralized exchanges, and you can derive a revenue stream from selling your SLPs, for example. There are games like F1 Delta Time, My Neighbor Alice, Alien Worlds, ranging into or Gods and Shade and more, where you range into various gameplay, just like in the traditional game uh, industry, but where the content and the economies are actually blockchain-based and hence owned by the players. I would love to get your opinion on this. So you alluded to Axie and obviously shout out to Alex and the team there. Uh, we love you guys. Been very supportive for a very long time. And we've seen Axie obviously go from uh, about 38,000 daily active users uh, in April of this year to over 1.3 million users, a 30x time growth in just the last few months. And so obviously we're, we're seeing a push and we're seeing a move and to some extent, you know, obviously the relationship with Yield Guild Games with YGG and the folks uh, over there like Gabby have been phenomenal. Um, and so my question is to you, uh, obviously in lieu of obviously the growth that we've seen there and how it could obviously be related hopefully to what Sandbox is building. 
there are two different types of kind of games out there, in my opinion. There are the types out there that the studio produces, and you have brilliant production, you have designers, you have engineers, you have the music composers, and they design a beautiful game. And you know, due to the success of the Sandbox and obviously of Axie and some other uh, licenses out there, you're starting to see designers from Ubisoft and EA and others out there start to take notice of this uh, sector uh, and what's happening in this trend. And they're starting to leave and come here to build these types of games. That's all well and good. Um, but then, you know, with what you have designed is what I would define as more of a community-based, where it's almost similar to what you see at Roblox, where a lot of those boards, a lot of those competitions are, you know, kind of from the community. Do you think that community-based, because of the participation, is you know, probably going to be more um, kind of growth? Or do you think that you will see kind of growth also from those uh, you know, that are doing the different types of models just are relying on the design team, the engineers, the musicians, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I'm very excited by the idea of like a whole ecosystem being built on top of Sandbox Virtual World and our NFTs. And I think creators, landowners, and all sorts of new jobs, new talent, new people involved that can earn a revenue from it or be successful. I think like play to earn is going to extend to so much more than just being players. It will touch out the creator economy. It will touch to like people being community managers into virtual land, being uh, show performers, fashion designers, being even like real estate agents that helps people to sell virtual lands, being content creator architects. Um, there's a great array here again of possibilities to engage, to, whether you are a musician, an artist, uh, a DJ as well, to, to animate those content, to create community and to engage with your community through uh, that virtual land, the metaverse behind, and uh, NFTs as, as the underlying uh, content that, that give value to your fan, to your community. You were mentioning right before about YGG. They are, uh, I, I was actually, yesterday we had, uh, I think, an historical moment in Sandbox. We launched the first, uh, for the first time, a social hub on a platform led by the community itself. So uh, Sandstorm Meetup, one of the um, community uh, actors, they launched, uh, they created a land and we hosted a party where, and, and an IMA with YGG, Sarutobi from YGG here, explaining how, well, the, Every component of this ecosystem, whether they are creator, uh, guilds, uh, community of users, meetup organizers, etc., are actually contributing as a whole to give value to users, to reward everyone who's involved in a way or another. And it was very excited to see uh, that there will be many more opportunities through those guilds and through all those community-led uh, and community-driven incentives to engage with more than Axie. Axie has been definitely paving the way. And now people are starting to look for alternatives, for other uh, diverse experiences, for how to use their talent and skills, maybe uh, because not everyone is a great gamer, not everyone is a great creator. So you need to have a lot of choice in the space. And, and that reflects already in the overall growth we are seeing in the space. Right. Before we get to, I'd love to obviously get a sense of when we, you know, those that are obviously waiting to play 
uh, in these worlds that have been created on Sandbox. I obviously would love to get uh, kind of milestones when things will happen here. Um, but would love to get your sense before we get into that um, on a last question in terms of kind of the macro of what's happening with play to earn, with gaming, with blockchain-based gaming. There is a new narrative that's coming in in terms of the NFTs. So again, you alluded to obviously, you know, when you're playing a sandbox or you're playing another blockchain-based game, when you have an NFT, you can go on OpenSea or another different um, platform out there and potentially sell it. Uh, but also there are now uh, some startups out there that are saying, well, you can also use that NFT to generate a loan. Um, what is your opinion on the NFT collateral space that's starting to emerge today? I think it's great. It's uh, again, like it's a great showcase of like what all the possibilities offered by NFTs. So the fact that you can indeed like take a mortgage through an NFT or take a loan by collateralizing uh, an NFT or fractionalize your NFT to add liquidity and then create more, even more community driven incentive. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm seeing how what Niftex is doing in terms space of uh, fractionalization. I'm seeing what NFTFi is doing in terms of, uh, like you say, like, like taking loans from your most popular NFT and lands of sandbox, crypto banks, axes, et cetera, are the kind of valuable NFTs that because there is an actual liquid market for these NFTs enable behind the development of, uh, a greater ecosystem that leverages digital assets, uh, which will in turn, I think, because most of our audience today you mentioned is going to be retail investor, et cetera, brings the question like, okay, like, like, what can we do? How do we approach NFT? Is it like a great investment class, for example? And I get to speak indeed with family offices, with uh, like private bank who look at what's our strategy? How do we enter NFT? Does it require an active management behind? Can we build a portfolio more passively? There are some NFTs that indeed will need an actual uh, engagement and gameplay to generate a revenue. And so some, some funds, like I'm thinking about Blackpool, for example, their approach is to calculate the yield that a certain NFT is going to generate through actual engagement into the game to assess its value and future revenue potential to derive in a very data-driven manner through uh, games like NBA Top Shot, Sorare, Axie, F1 Delta Time, uh, Sandbox, etc. Uh, a, a financial return on investment for them. And it's really interesting how deep they have gone in this methodology. Yep. So, as I said, I want to spend the last few minutes here. So, when we as listeners here right now, you know, go to Sandbox and when things are ready, and obviously give us a sense of, you know, obviously we're all waiting with bated breath in terms of when we can start, obviously, playing. Um, what are we going to see? You know, give us a visual. So, someone goes to the Sandbox's website, they want to play. Um, what are some of the things that we're going to be able to see when this goes live? And also, obviously, if there's any way, you know, you know, for people that are obviously going to be waiting for this, it, you know, I know, obviously, it's always a moving target with production and obviously working with a community of uh, developers to build the games. But we'd love to get a sense, you know, when, you know, listeners right now can go to the sandbox and, you know, start to interact with the lands that have been uh, created. You know, and getting a sense of how the 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 ecosystem is, 
you know, walk us through that very briefly. What are we, what are we going to be able to see? What are we going to be able to do there? Uh, and then, you know, in terms of any milestones or anything over the next six to 12 months, everyone always wants to know kind of what to always look for. Would love to hear that in terms of a roadmap. Absolutely. Well, one thing I think uh, um, I cannot stress enough is like there's already so much to do and see in Sandbox. We have uh, all the creation tools that are available in beta, box edit, marketplace, the land, the game maker. And believe me, like it's incredible that to see we have more than 30,000 active creator with our game maker who spend like two hours a day on average with a tool and they've designed games they already have launched even play to earn competition with speedrun challenges or participated in game jam where the top prize winner won more than 250,000 cents which is of today like almost 250,000 US dollar as a winner on the marketplace we have hundreds of artists which have been curated uh, for now, we, we select and get the access, but soon we'll open it to anyone. And th those hundreds of artists, they made something like 11,000 NFTs and they generated 1.3 million uh, sand in terms of revenue, keeping 95% for them, which is roughly speaking almost $1.2 million as of today as well. So there is a creator economy in place. There's a very active um, community that starting to build the content, build the experience, engaging, and even making a revenue and a living, actually. Many people quit their job to work full-time in Sandbox, creating content, creating asset, creating fashion, and so on. So that's the broader ecosystem. On the play side, we haven't fully launched yet uh, for players to play to earn. We are preparing to open the first alpha season, which um, will essentially be uh, giving access to a thousand landowners randomly selected after a lottery among our 10,500 landowners, which make us, by the way, like the most decentralized uh, virtual run in terms of land ownership. Those thousand landowners will be given an NFT that allows them to access the alpha season, which will be uh, an event about two weeks, probably a little bit more long, where they can earn sand and values NFT rewards by engaging through the content and completing games. It will be the first test at small scale, but the first test for the first people who supported the project from the very beginning. Afterwards, we'll be launching more seasons progressively. Uh, expect, we expect a, a bigger season that we haven't fully announced yet, uh, allowing more players to enter, play values, multiplayer experience, single player games. And after that, uh, by the beginning of next year, we'll begin opening lands for the first people who actually build content on their land. Because we always want to make sure that there will be something fun, something engaging for people who are, um, who are going to enter those spaces and uh, enable them to publish it, launch their own season and monetize through it. That's uh, where we are. And the long-term vision, like in five to 10 years, I think there will be more than 50,000, uh, yeah, probably much earlier, by the way, 50,000 different game experience, uh, activities, houses, architecture, virtual shows, virtual concerts, since we have like music artists like Deadmar, Richie Otin, games with zombies. We have The Walking Dead as an IP and The Walking Dead land sale actually going on right now. 
uh, communities from the crypto space, when we see the Borep, the Mibits, the um, Cyberkong, VX, Gutterjack Gangs, Voxodeus, and many other of like crypto artifacts, uh, Zedrun and more, building experiences with their community and their NFT into sandbox, um, enabling anyone to play not only to play and interact with the NFT, uh, they they own that were not made in sandbox, but they can play and interact with, or the NFT they made with sandbox and use with our game maker. Well, that was a lot, and thank you for that. <laughs> um, again, there was a reason why, as I said at the beginning of the show, very excited to have you on and talk about everything that's happening at the sandbox. Sebastian, thank you so much. I know you're quite busy, obviously, with all the things that you're doing there, especially with the alpha. So thank you again for coming on. And uh, again, everyone who wants to take a look at the Sandbox, can you just tell them where to go very quickly? So sandbox.game are the main website. And then just join our Discord or Telegram. Um, I think that's the best way to start engaging with the community and learn more. Very good. Again, this was Sebastian, co-founder and COO at the Sandbox, one of the most exciting decentralized blockchain-based games and environments I've seen in some time. Everyone take a look and enjoy. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you'd like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.